just seemed wild to me that people wanted to hear me talk about coffee because as a 16 year old, I started off at this small coffee shop. I didn't really know what I was doing. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 2M Creative Labs podcast. This podcast is about improvement through learning from the story and process of creatives as they pursue their passions. Today we talked to Emma Zarati, a barista at Tom Morgan who is fairly new to Winnipeg. For the audience who loves coffee and wants to learn more about it, Emma shares her expertise and knowledge with us, her experience teaching of public and private classes, and the connection she's made as a barista. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right, I think we're on. So, um, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in again to another episode of the podcast. So, I guess just to kind of get us started, actually... This is Emma, and she is a barista at Tom Bargain. Hi, my name's Emma. <laughs> She's right, I'm a barista at Tom Bargain. <laughs> I'm actually pretty new there. Like, this is only my second month um, at oh. Tom Bargain. Um, but I've actually been a barista for four years, cool. um, despite only being 20. <laughs> it's been pretty much my whole working life. Um, but a little context to that, um, my dad worked at a Starbucks well, a few of them in Winnipeg growing up. And my mom worked at a local coffee shop in Brandon um, a little after that. So I guess I kind of grew into this lifestyle. Um, my first job was a barista and I was hired by a family friend. So I feel like these shoes really fit and I really like it. Like I actually have a huge passion for being a barista and making coffee and connecting with people. So it worked out. <laughs> That's super awesome. Yeah. Like that's when we first met, like basically just, um, you, you mentioned a lot of how much you liked the, the barista life. Like what is it about, uh, Um, being a barista that kind of drew you into it? So at first it was obviously, you know, just a job and I, I used a really automatic espresso machine. Um, so it didn't take much skill you know, the steam wand stopped when it was at a certain temperature and you press the button to pull the shots. Um, and I worked there for about two years and, um, i I think I really fell in love with the connection with the customers, you know, meeting people who had been there for the first time, who people who are just traveling through town, regulars, the people I could connect with because we had something in common with, whether that was making coffee with them or drinking coffee with them. Um, and then after that, I kind of seeked out, um, a more manual espresso machine. Um, so I worked with, uh, really old Seneso, uh, but it really requires a lot of uh, detail and someone who's meticulous and someone who cares. Um, And I really enjoyed, you know, being able to uh, explore that and having that responsibility. And it really depends on the barista, which obviously gave me a lot of room to grow and to learn um, and to kind of fall in love with that. But definitely my favorite part is still connecting with customers getting to know them, having friends, you know, hanging out after work, outside of work, um, with coworkers and customers. And I, I really, really like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, she's super chill, like right behind the counter and like, it was so easy to just kind of like approach and yeah. talk to you, right? And we just kind of were able to talk for more than just that quick interaction. You know, if it's, it's not super busy, obviously, then I can take some time out of my day to get to know someone, I can ask questions. Um, I love asking about people's careers. How did they get there? You know, what do they enjoy about it? Does it challenge them? Is it satisfying? Is it rewarding? Um, and so I feel like, like I've what we do. 
Yeah, it's so in depth, and I I don't know how else I would learn these things. Like what else? What other, what other job gives you that opportunity in such a casual setting? Hmm. And it it encourages that you know they want you to get to know the customers, and I I love that. It's mm-hmm. an amazing community and environment to be working in. Um, Tar Bargain definitely you know, wants that out of their employees and they have a strong relationship with their customers and their employees. Um, and I really love that. It's always interesting for me when like new baristas come into the store and it's like, who is this person? And they're always so like excited when you when you tell them like, oh, I've never seen you here before, but like you must be new here or whatever. And yeah. it's never been like an issue to just kind of like, so what's... What's your life like, you know, and like what landed you here, basically? Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah, I, I know that any other barista, you know, when they start a new job, they're always really excited. Like, it's a really fun and happy and loving environment, any coffee shop that you go into. Um, and that's something that you can find across the board at all coffee shops, you know, and all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. I can connect with any barista because I just know that they're nice. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had any run-ins into less uh, nice baristas? Not at like proper coffee shops. I, I have. Say. Sometimes people are just kind of uninterested in their job. Mostly, you know, they don't really know anything about coffee, or they just don't care about it. Um, but mm-hmm. for the most part, people are pretty down to earth. Yeah. And they want to talk. Okay, so now I want to get into like knowing coffee. So. <laughs> Basically, when we started talking, you said you spent some time teaching, essentially, right? Yeah. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about that, actually? Okay, so um, this feels really weird to say, but I did teach a coffee class like a couple of times. Um, So the coffee shop that I worked at previously was approached by an investors group, and they do these kind of um, workshops and stuff with their employees and their clients to kind of get to know each other and they wanted to do one with coffee. Um, And so, of course, I wanted to do that, and so I kind of just laid out all of a few methods of making coffee, um, and I talked them first through how coffee is grown, where it's grown, by who, um, and then how it's picked, which is obviously a very labor-intensive job because the cherries don't all ripen at the same time, and so you have to revisit the same plants quite often. Uh, And then the drying process, which there's many types, uh, takes a long time and a lot of skill and practicing and experience. Um, and then usually they're frozen and shipped to wherever they're going to be roasted, say in Canada. Um, so our beans are from Phil and Sebastian, which is in Calgary. Uh, and then they roast those as soon as they can, as soon as they get to the shop. Uh, and then they package them and send them off to the coffee shops. Um, and then I teach them how to use those beans, why they're important to us. You know, those are direct trade, which is a little bit different than fair trade. Um, so it kind of takes out that middleman and it creates a direct relationship from the roasters and the farmers. Um, Phil and Sebastian are somebody that we really appreciate because they don't buy small batches of coffee beans. They actually make contracts with those farmers that are maybe a year to three to five years. And so they make sure that those farmers know that they are, they want them to succeed they enjoy their product, they want to encourage it to get better, uh, and they can kind of give them that security that this isn't a one-time buy, like, we want to invest in you, 
Um, so that really says something to, you know, farmers in Africa or South America. It gives them that freedom to explore and test their beans a little bit more. Um, but also, again, that security that, you know, somebody will buy their next crop. Um, and then, yeah, so we would go through the methods of coffee. I would explain a little bit about each one. We give out testers about halfway through the session. I would give them a, a cup of just regular supermarket coffee through the batch brew and they would hate me for it like people who would maybe make that at home halfway through they were like why did you do this <laughs> <laughs> they were like shocked um and even just like the smell of it was completely dirt like different they would say like did you do something different like did you add like molasses or something it just seems so heavy and burnt and not good at all um and then we would follow through with the other few and then I would uh, explain the steps of the espresso machine, you know, from the grinder um, to why espresso is so important um, to a coffee drinker. It's made specifically for that person. The beans start out as whole. They're ground when you order it. Um, and then they're kind of compressed into um, a little puck. And we use a ton of pressure and hot water um, that filters through the beans. They saturate them. We want to do it as evenly and as best we can. Uh, and to create a really concentrated shot of coffee. Um, and then they can try, you know, I explain the different ones. What's a, a cortado, a cappuccino, a latte, maybe a bit of a few teas. And then they have the opportunity. It's kind of an open um, question or discussion. Uh, so they can try whatever they want. They can ask any questions. They can, you know, express how they felt about this and that. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's a really great experience because I found that a few people would kind of filter and then my like real coffee lovers would come up and kind of shine. And, you know, I could tell they were interested. You know, maybe they would buy some equipment. Maybe they would buy some beans. You know, maybe I would see them around the shop a little bit more. Um, and then so that was private classes and then we got some inquiries about doing a public one. And so I did two public ones, two full ones in one day of just, it seemed wild to me that people wanted to hear me talk about coffee because as a 16 year old, I started off at this small coffee shop. I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> I was hired by a family member. Um, and now I, I know so much, you know, I've really fell in love with the coffee industry and I wanted to learn more and I know a lot more than the average person. It's something that's constantly growing and evolving and changing. And so the beauty of the coffee industry is that you are always learning more mm -hmm. constantly from everybody. Somebody who doesn't know coffee could tell you something you didn't know. <laughs> I think that's super cool to hear kind of like, what was it like being a 16 year old? Like, I guess you were 16 at the time. And yeah. just like teaching all of these people coming into this class like, I always find it weird to kind of teach sometimes, especially, like, being younger or, like, newer. Yeah, that was pretty recent. Yeah. Um, so I was about 20 when that happened. Still um, very young. <laughs> really young, yeah. I'm still 20. <laughs> um, still young. Uh, it was pretty intimidating at first. You know, my first class, I was like, what if I don't know as much as I think I know, you know? Um, I don't know what these people, maybe they actually do know a lot, and I'm just going to be really redundant and boring and the questions they ask I'm not going to know 
Uh, and then I got really positive feedback from the people who came, from the people who hired me. Um, and I was really, really inspired by that to do more and to, you know, continue my sort of research, I guess, into coffee. Um, but at first it was really scary. Um, and it's, it doesn't scare me now. Um, I feel, I guess I have a better outlook of it. Like if they did ask me a question that I didn't know, you know, we would explore that together. Um, because it is such a broad field. We don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very intimidating space, like, to kind of enter. Um, <laughs> it's weird, like, I guess, like, looking back at it, I've mostly just, I don't know, been at Starbucks, like, throughout, like, all of university, really, until, like, the tail end where I found out, like, oh, we've got a bunch of other coffee shops that <laughs> exist in the city. Like, what's the experience, like, or maybe I'm curious more about you, like, coffee-wise. Because <laughs> like, I don't know if you don't really drink much coffee either, I don't, right? know. Yeah. Because it's too 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 strong of it's a shot. It's too caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think mostly it, drink tea. Yeah, tea's good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's also <laughs> a really in-depth field. Um, there's yeah. a lot that goes into growing the tea. Um, you know, if you get a good cup of matcha, you can tell. Um, yeah, yes. something you might know. <laughs> um, matcha is also a really cool thing to talk about. It's mm-hmm. um. It's something that can be done really well or really badly. Um, there's so true. good quality matcha. <laughs> there's really bad quality matcha. A lot of matcha is not matcha. Um, there's different flushes within the crops that they do. Um, ones that are take longer to mature and that are a lot more um, flavorful, you know, bright, rich, like that green color. And then there's a second one in the year that's not quite so. Um, and it depends how fresh the, the leaves are, you know, how they're uh, ground up, whether it's a mill or a town ground, you know, whether that's uh, like a blade grinder would be really hot, which would be awful for the leaves, um, or it's something, you know, that's really great for them. That's, you know, it's consistent, it's not hot, it's not too fast, and it's really fine ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a lot to learn about tea, too. Yes. It's lower caffeine. It's fantastic. And I do talk about this a lot with customers is that matcha actually has a really different caffeine buzz. Um, Right? It kind of gives you energy for a really long time uh, and it's really well balanced, you know, and it's something if, you know, I try to, I drink caffeine about once a day and if I had a a stomach ache or something, I would definitely go towards the matcha because it's going to give me that energy, but it never upsets me. Um, whereas coffee, you know, as much as I love it, sometimes kind of gives you that spike it's of energy and then a really acidic. bad downfall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also not good for your stomach <laughs> if you're no. sick, the acidity. Um, so, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, there, there really is a lot to kind of think about and like learn mm-hmm. with both coffee and tea, right? And that's what kind of what I was thinking about is like going through school, university, like I didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge into it. And like when you start going into these local shops and you can see that they're a lot more uh, experienced and have a better understanding or even like are willing to kind of explain that to you, you get really sucked into that super Uh fast, right? And like, that's kind of why like my space is full of like coffee, coffee 
stuff just because <laughs> and coffee books and coffee books <laughs> right that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> no, that one just looks nice on the shelf he actually just bought it for aesthetic purposes <laughs> <laughs> sure there's a few like that in town bargain i know we have some coffee books i don't know how often anybody reads them but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like it's to kind of um i guess if you think about somebody that hasn't really spent a lot of time with coffee like how would you kind of ease them into it so how did you, would you ease anybody that was in your class that said like oh, i've never really done anything beyond like a supermarket kind of ground yeah so right? if I were to talk to someone, you know, who's a pretty new coffee drinker uh, and they would like to explore that a little more, I would give them three main tips. Um, The first being use fresh beans. Um, If you go into like a local coffee shop, most bags will have the date it was roasted. Um, The best time is about, you know, one to three weeks after it was roasted. There's about a really great two week period. There's nothing wrong with beans that are roasted before or after that, but that's just kind of the peak flavor profile time, timeline. Um, so buy fresh beans, preferably something that's direct trade, you know, that's local. Um, secondly, I would say to be careful of what kind of grinder you use. Don't use a regular old blade grinder. It's really hot on the beans. It doesn't grind evenly. It's not good for them. Um, it's not going to change the... F- flavor too much but I just wouldn't suggest using one of those you know invest in a good small hand grinder um or I see you have the encore which is another really great um (laughs) oh yeah yeah grinder um and then third would be to not use boiling water um you don't have to use a thermometer to you know see what temperature you're sitting at usually I would even just boil some water and let it sit for a couple minutes so if you're using fresh beans you've got a good grinder and you're not using too hot of water, you're probably good to go. Um, Mm. A lot of people in my classes really liked the French press coffee, um, which is a really easy method of making coffee. Um, It's easier for people who like a darker roast. It's so easy for them to find the right cup of coffee in the um, French press. Um, And then maybe they'll move on to something like an AeroPress, which is almost uh, pretty similar to the French press, but it has a lot more pressure. So it's almost similar to an espresso shot Um, in hot water. So it'd be kind of like an Americano. Um, That's what I use at home. Um, And then from there, maybe you'd use a Chemex or a V60 or something like that. And so I find that most people like ease their way in through that. Um, There's nothing wrong with using a batch brew machine at home. We use a great Fetco at work, um, which are amazing machines. I love batch brew. Um, but I think that if you were to make coffee at home, I think you would enjoy kind of the almost ceremonial charm of using, making your own coffee instead of allowing a machine to do that for you. Um, people like to invest in espresso machines for at home. It's not something that I'm super familiar with. I recognize the Breville. I know that's a really good machine. It's pretty user-friendly. There's a lot of information online, um, and Some of them are really affordable, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that a lot of people come in and ask about, Um, and all I can really say is it's it's a trial and error. They say it takes about a thousand shots for a barista to figure out how to do it right consistently. Yeah, a thousand shots. That's a lot of shots, man. Yeah, and to do like the right shot and the right latte art 
and you know all of those components that make a great cup of coffee mm-hmm. um so don't be too down on your hard on yourself it's coffee is really hard it is really hard um, oh you're so excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um so yeah i would just say you know explore ask people look online uh definitely ask your barista they love sharing things about coffee about how to make coffee uh i do that every single day at work Mm -hmm. um and it makes me really happy when people ask me questions because obviously i want to share this knowledge it's something that excites me it makes me feel good and i want other people to feel that way also Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome to hear because in my mind i'm always thinking (laughs) like is it too redundant to ask a barista like all these things that they probably have already received the same question in the past but it's good to hear that you're like, yeah, I'm down to kind of... Absolutely. You know, um, another yeah, thing right. is um, a lot of people ask a, a lot of drinks about not necessarily the coffee makers or the coffee itself, but, you know, the drinks that we make. Like, what's the difference between a cappuccino and a latte? And that's so different from coffee shop to coffee shop. So I would ask anywhere, like, what does your cappuccino look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked at two different coffee shops that it's completely different drinks. So there's nothing wrong with asking that. Um, but it's kind of a common joke around baristas that we say that most people don't actually know what they want to order. Uh, they kind of just are in a habit of something. And so they order that or they change it a lot when they could really just, you know, be ordering the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no, there's no excuse. Um, just ask your barista kind of what you're looking for in your coffee. Uh, give them a little bit of freedom to, you know, experiment with you. I think most times people will be happy and if you tell your barista, you know, I don't actually really like this. Most times they're more than happy to make you a new cup of coffee because they want you to enjoy what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the experience. So I would really encourage you to ask. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really good to hear. Yeah, because I get shy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Me too. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, um, so the other day, like, I guess kind of just like looking through beans and stuff, you've got a different set of flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you prefer? Like, do you prefer a more like balanced, like chocolate, closer to a chocolate? So I'm getting more technical yeah, here yeah. now. Okay. But um, maybe like we can break it down a little bit more. Yeah, I'll give for... you a bit of the history of coffee. So all coffee is actually native to Africa, um, but it was brought over to South America in colonial times. Um, so personally, I enjoy more African coffees. I find that they're a lot more fruity. Um, my favorite would probably be from uh, Kenya. I also really enjoy um, Panam coffees from Panama, though. though. Um, but for sure, Kenya is just my favorite. I find that they're usually fruity, um, but not too acidic, um, and that they just sit r- just right with me. Um, they're relatively pretty easy to make coffee at home with. Um, they're pretty forgiving. Um, and I, I prefer usually all tend to lean towards something that's fruitier. Um, I like tasting notes of tangerine usually, Um, but I don't have any. I also sometimes, you know, really enjoy a cup of just regular old Joe that has chocolatey, nutty, caramel, date-like tasting notes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just kind of depends on my mood and what coffee shop I'm at or what beans they're using and kind of just play it by ear. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to kind of open that up because, like, there is a lot more to it than just, like, here's your cup of coffee. And it's the, when I, the more I kind of explore, like, different beans and stuff, like, you get to see, like, different depth and 
also get a better understanding of what like flavor profiles you taste because i mean for and i kind of look at it like the way like wine works yeah that's a really accurate description that's what i use a lot too yeah because it's super hard for me to kind of taste the differences (laughs) in wine unless i'm like belligerently drunk now (laughs) from like a wine tasting and yeah but it's like fortunately for coffee you can try as much as you want and you only get wired you won't get like Mm -hmm. super drunk yeah you guys should try like a cupping session or something um so they have these little cups obviously with hot water and they just put uh loose coffee grounds in and they time it um and then they kind of scoop off whatever is from the top of the cup of the coffee grounds and then everybody can go around and dip a brand new spoon into the coffee give it a little bit of a try um and then that gives you the opportunity to try different coffees figure out what you like what you don't like and then kind of just play around with those tasting notes because they're really hard to find. You know, the one we're using right now um, on batch is a Honduran coffee. And one of the tasting notes on the bag is lychee. I don't know who thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never t- tasted anything like lychee in a coffee before. But sure, like if you're describing it to someone, I guess that would make sense. You know, maybe it has um, butterscotch and lychee and like raspberry or something you know so you know it's kind of sweet it's tart um but it's got maybe a smooth finish mm-hmm. something like that so you can kind of interpret those things so you're not going to taste lychee right it's an interpretation that's interesting okay maybe that's where i kind of went wrong very early on was just like it doesn't taste like anything that these words say <laughs> <laughs> i understand that completely right. <laughs> that's awesome that's really cool to hear though like it's definitely something that i've been trying to pay attention more to and like to hear that you could do a cupping session we should do that we want to do a cupping session sometime yeah yeah it's really fun um some coffee shops will just do it um especially big roasters and stuff you know when they have some beans to spare Mm -hmm. um they'll do lots of cupping sessions and a lot of times they're just free to the public because they want people to try different coffees, you know, figure out what they like. So it's a really cool experience, and it's nice to bond with people over that kind of thing. I think Little Sisters does that sometimes. Is that true? I think it might be. Yeah. Really? I think so. You just kind of hang out and like... Yeah, you were in Switzerland, though, when they were doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I missed it. I missed it. Interesting. I think, well, when you're talking about, like, flavors of coffee and that kind of thing, I can't even... Even for wine, can't even come up with what that possibly is. It's just like, hey, this is acidic or this is sweet. And that's the mm-hmm. level that I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Me neither. I couldn't taste a cup of coffee and tell you three different flavor notes, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really experienced people. Um, and sometimes it is. They just, two people could come up with completely different flavors. Um, yeah, so it's really hard so how do you how do you learn how to distinguish those? I guess it would just be through experience. Like I I would assume that those people would just have tasted so many different coffees, okay. um, and they that's you know maybe their career or it's their life. They just uh, have dedicated their life into tasting different coffees. You know how can we uh, improve this one? Uh, what do we like about this one? what would it do best as? You know, some coffees are better kind of at a room temperature. Sometimes I taste a coffee and I say, this needs to cool down a little bit. And I think I would like it a lot more, um, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Certain plants will usually kind of 
give you a certain taste too so you can kind of um guess a little bit you know you know that african coffees are quite a bit more fruity citrusy maybe a bit acidic so you can kind of take that leap that that's what those are going to take taste like um coffees also have a huge influence on their elevation um so depending on, on how high the ground that they grow on yeah. um changes a lot about their coffee um and then you know of course what that crop what their weather looked like um, so every coffee is going to taste a little different. Um, and those people must just try so many different coffees. You know, I've, I've obviously tried a lot of coffees, but I have no, I'm not close at all to what level yeah. of tasting they're at. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it's a lot like tea then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I've heard like the elevation matters, sunlight matters, which side of the mountain it's on matters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I think you guys would like is a lot of people ask me if um, I judge people for putting cream and sugar in their coffee. That is a brilliant question. Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, and I'm, I mostly tell people, you know, I come from a family where my, my parents use a Keurig, they use a reusable pod, and they put previously ground Tim Hortons coffee in it, and then they put cream and sugar in it. Um, so I try to not judge people. Um, I occasionally enjoy like a cup of cream and sugar in my coffee um, just to spice it up a little, especially if someone brings it to me. You know, I don't really care. I'm not too, too stabby when it comes to my coffee. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I would encourage people who do put cream and sugar in their coffee to, you know, maybe try something a little bit different, maybe cutting down, maybe trying a black coffee once in a while. I always think it's really funny when someone says, I want a really dark cup of coffee. So, I'm, so I try to do the best I can, but he just fills it with cream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get That's it. That's so weird. But no, it, like, I've, I'm the one that came from like, you know, let's like load it up with sugar and cream. Mm-hmm. And then you start kind of getting sick of cream and sugar. Like, yeah. Actually... He was like, this is gross. Like, I don't know how I've been drinking this like all throughout the years. And then you get to the point where it's it's black. And then you're like, this sucks. But I don't, <laughs> but adding sugar and cream would suck. Yeah. And then you kind of realize there's more to coffee than just Tim Hortons. That's the tipping point. That was the tipping point. Yeah. A lot of people also tell me when they put cream into, you know, put a cup of batch brew or something that it tastes really sour. And it's because they've put the cream in it and they've changed that flavor profile. Um, so in my own experience, you know, sometimes I find that a coffee is a little bit too dark. So I'll add, you know, some milk or something like that. Um, but the best way to start enjoying black coffee is just by starting out with pour overs. They're so mild. They're so full of flavor. They're so easy to enjoy. They're more time consuming and usually a little more expensive if you do buy it in the store. But it's, it's totally worth it if you want to start adventuring and you want to start enjoying black coffee and looking at what it actually tastes like, you know. Start out with a pour over. Maybe you can move up to like a just a batch cup of coffee and then maybe an Americano. I don't think many people drink black Americanos anymore. No, I don't think so either. They're pretty dark since it's espresso. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> pour overs are great. <laughs> pores are great for sure it's it's what i make at home yeah so. and it's it is time consuming but there's something nice about that like ceremonial almost yeah. kind of like way to start your day yeah taking some time to uh 
spend in one area of your day. So maybe that's just making coffee in the morning. Maybe you have a really busy morning, but taking 10 minutes out of your day to boil some water, letting it sit, grinding some coffee, slowly pouring it over beans and then enjoying that cup, you know, it's really worth it. It's really relaxing. It's almost like a type of meditation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think it doesn't have to be coffee either. You could do exactly that with matcha and enjoy it for very similar reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Are there health benefits to coffee? Since you brought up matcha, Oh, yeah, of course. Matcha is so (laughs) full of health benefits. I could go on forever for that. Um, There's lots of studies um, that say that coffee is unhealthy and it is healthy. Um, So it just depends on the person. Like some people say that it helps their uh, blood pressure. Some people say that it doesn't. Um, So I honestly can't give you a straight answer um, just because there's so many inconclusive studies and there's no real answer since everybody reacts to it a little bit differently. Um, I'm assuming there would be plenty. Um, a lot of people have overall ha- more happiness when they drink coffee. Um, maybe it does help with, you know, fit- fatigue or it does or doesn't help with stress. You know, it just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, I can't really, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought you might know. <laughs> no, but I totally understand, like, for me at least personally, like, there's something that's very calming about even just the process of making coffee. Mm-hmm. Or, like, well, when we met, like, there was something about, and maybe that's what it encourages, not just, like, the drinking coffee itself, but just that time of your day where you're mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, let me just slow things down a little yeah. and... Or a lot of people will take a study break and they'll come get coffee. And, you know, it's not all about the coffee. Maybe it's like socializing. To me, when I take a break from studying, I want to talk to someone and I want to kind of fill me up with that energy. So a lot of people getting coffee gives them that opportunity to socialize. So maybe it is the coffee. Maybe it isn't. Um, but overall, the experience of making coffee and enjoying it is brings a lot of pleasure into my own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it's something that a lot of people can share together. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider teaching a little bit more in the future? Or is it something that you're looking towards doing more? Yeah, I could definitely see myself teaching some more classes since I'm more comfortable doing it. Um, and maybe, you know, picking up with someone else, um, I think would be a lot of fun, you know, doing those coffee classes with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, definitely. I don't really know what kind of opportunity would present itself right now, um, just because there's a really large coffee scene in Winnipeg. So I don't know what exactly that would look like. Um, but in Brandon, it was really easy yeah. because there's only so many coffee shops. And it's really hard to get people out of their routines. Um, but I think it's worth it when they do, mm-hmm. when they leave those routines and see something different. Yeah, I think that one's probably like the biggest hurdle sometimes is like people are so accustomed to what they're normally doing now that like shaking up that like morning coffee is or tea. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is not always the most uh, easy for people. But. Yeah, definitely. It's hard. Um, actually, somebody came into the coffee shop. I think it was last week. Um, and she said, oh, I drive past, past here like almost every single day. Like how long have you guys been open? Are you pretty new? And I said, no, it's been about seven years since we've been open. <laughs> and she just like never noticed mm-hmm. that we existed and that we have a huge sign that says coffee on the building that's printed there uh, in the bricks. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah. That's crazy. Seven years. Did you know this? Like, I feel like I didn't know Tom Morgan until like fairly recently. Wait, the one in Kennedy? Yeah. Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke. is seven. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy, I think, is five or six years old already. Okay. Yeah. It must be about five. You didn't know they were there? Probably not till like like my tail end of school. Yeah. So it was like Definitely three years not ago. seven yeah. years ago. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's crazy. Interesting. <laughs> like, what was... So, she's never come into the shop, and I'm just kind of, like, trying to see... Did she or get coffee from you guys and, like, have a different reaction to it compared to, like, her yeah, normal routine? Um, she did order coffee. She did kind of explain, like, oh, I've never been here before, you know? And I always greet a customer, like, welcome. Uh, tell them a little bit, maybe, about our history or who we are. Um, and then I actually ended up talking to her for a little bit afterwards um, about how we've, Tom Bargain's been there for seven years um, and she'd never been. <laughs> um, and then, you know, she was so surprised and kind of kicked herself in the butt, you know. She said she was moving out of town like next week and she was regretted no. that she had just found this coffee oh. shop and that the coffee was good, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is too bad. Um, but I think, yeah, she definitely regretted that yes you gotta really explore a little too like your own city sometimes and yeah and that's not just coffee that's all things you know there's so many things that we experience in a new way every day that we don't know what we're missing out on because we don't know about it yet um so you know just do your best to leave that routine you know leave your comfort zone travel to a new part of town maybe <laughs> that's a good way to do it like, I, f I felt like I kind of pushed my comfort zone a little, kind of just like, hey, yo, like, <laughs> coffee things? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, I mean, it led to this kind of uh, interaction, right, and also hearing more about the history of coffee and understanding, like, something that I didn't really um, know at the time. So, yeah. it's definitely something that's worthwhile and definitely encouraged to kind of break the routine sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I wanted to share with you guys, uh, I think it's so funny. Um, so I'm from a small town in Manitoba, Brandon, uh, and I just moved here to Winnipeg to go to school. Uh, and I really wanted to work at Tom Bargain because they use the same beans that I was using. They use very similar equipment. Um, I'd been there so many times, almost every time that I'm in Winnipeg during the day, I'll grab a coffee from Tom Bargain. Uh, and I really wanted to work there, but I wasn't really sure how to stand out because I, I assumed they must get lots of resumes. There's three locations. It's quite popular. You know, they have tons of Instagram followers, that kind of thing. Uh, the shops are always busy. So I figured, how am I going to stand out from the crowd and these all of these resumes? Like, sure, I have great experience. I'm a nice person. <laughs> but how do I get their attention? And so I was joking around with some fellow baristas back home. Um... And we came up with the idea of photoshopping me behind the bar at Tom Bargain. <laughs> and so I seriously sent a DM to the coffee shop's Instagram, kind of explaining, you know, this is my experience. This is who I am. Please hire me. And if you've ever pictured me behind the bar, well, here you go. <laughs> and so one of the owners, like, responded back. And I got an interview and I got the job and whatnot. But it was so funny. That's so good. That's so <laughs> Best cool. story about how I got this job. <laughs> That's actually so awesome. Yeah. 
I didn't know about that. That's mm-hmm. really cool. That's a good point. Like, it's like how you kind of stand out and like, yeah, like, out of my comfort zone. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't know how that was gonna go. Maybe they were like, I really serious businessman. That wasn't something that they would appreciate, but mm-hmm. they did. <laughs> They're pretty chill, I think. They I are. mean, I've only seen them from a distance, right? But yeah. yeah, the owners are really great people. The people I work with, I absolutely adore. Um, the customers are people that I've, you know, started to notice outside of work or, mm-hmm. you know, we know each other by name. Um, yeah. I saw someone walking here actually and wave to him and I saw my coworker on the bus here also. <laughs> 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 and I, like, I've only been in Winnipeg for two months and I know these people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, it's such a great environment and I am so grateful to have gotten that job, to have sent that DM. <laughs> um, and it's something that I really appreciate every single day. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to going to work. It doesn't feel like work. I enjoy it. I laugh. I dance. I talk to people. And I make coffee. Nice. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's only two months. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And probably probably feels like, you know, you've been here for, and gotten to know a lot more um, over the course of two months because of them people that come in and go and like yeah. share a lot of well i see them like life. at least yeah. a couple times a week you yeah. know um and it's yeah i'm starting to share a life with them nice <laughs> very cool mm-hmm. um is there anything else that you want to share with us besides uh, like that's such a cool story like yeah. i wouldn't have known how to, like, how to get into that kind <laughs> right? of thing so it's super cool that you brought Most it up people would say you know it it helps to go to that coffee shop often get to know the people that work there um and know someone on the inside but I'm from a different town, so how do I get there? You know, I can't just move to the city and not have a job and slowly keep going to the coffee shop until they hire me. <laughs> um, True. <laughs> that's a good point. Right? Um, but I know that that's how some people were hired into the job, that they just knew the owners or they were customers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that's about it, about everything I want to share, about my funny experiences. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that's awesome. Do mm-hmm. you have any other questions you'd like to ask him? I don't think so. Nice. Um, is there anything else you'd like to, I guess, to kind of wrap this up to say to anybody that's out there, like, you know, that's maybe not a big coffee drinker, but has always wanted to try it, like maybe something to encourage them to get out of that routine? Yeah, I would say... Um, you know, listen to my three steps if you're making coffee at home, which are, you know, use a good grinder, don't use boiling water, and use fresh beans. Um, and you know, if you're not liking to make coffee at home, just step outside of a chain and try something local. You might like it, you might not, but just give them a chance. Talk to the barista, figure out what it is that you actually want instead of guessing. And yeah, just step outside of your comfort zone and, you know, step into the deep end of coffee yes kind of a rabbit hole (laughs) it really is sometimes yeah that's awesome well thanks so much for sharing all your coffee knowledge with us you clearly know so many things about it such a pleasure (laughs) and i really liked it um so thank you for having me Mm -hmm. and how can we kind of reach out to you maybe somebody out there is listening and has a bunch of questions that they would like to ask how could we get somebody to you know uh, i guess get in contact with you and ask you questions. Um, so I guess I'll just plug my own Instagram right here. Um, my 
Instagram handle is Emma underscore S-Z-O-R-A-D-I. You're always welcome to DM me um, or the coffee shop. Tom Bargain um, is really good at answering DMs or comments. Um, we're all really, really social people. Um, so if you can't come into the shop, then just send something on social media. Somebody's going to answer. Um, and we're, we're willing to share that knowledge. We want to experience this with you. And we love our customers, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. I hope you had a good time. Thanks, I did. Had a good time? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening to the episode. Consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing to the podcast. And share it with your friends. Word of mouth always helps. And if the idea of learning more about coffee sounds interesting to you, please send us a message on Instagram and maybe we can organize a coffee workshop in the future. We'll see you in the next one.